onto the prelims. We got my, uh, that boy Brad Tavares. I believe he's ranked 14th in the division versus Drykis Duplessis, a rising prospect with a kickboxing background, and he mm-hmm. wrestles pretty damn good. He averages like three takedowns a fight. Tavares has been in the UFC since 2010. He has he's tied for the most uh, UFC decision wins, which is kind of odd because at middleweight you don't see a lot of decisions. So like a lot of people call him a boring fighter because of that. Damn. But I will say in his defense, Brad Tavares, his losses are to people who are like legitimate fighters. Like when he fights people, like he fought um, Israel Adesanya, people knew he wasn't going to win that one. He fought Robert Whitaker, people knew he wasn't going to win that one. He fought Yoro Romero, people knew he wasn't going to win that one. But then he fights anybody else that's not ranked or something. And he, like, if you're not a rising star or anything like that, he usually right. beats you. Oh, he's one of those dudes. I, I, I can relate to him. I was a good gatekeeper. Dudes. He's a good yeah. gatekeeper. Yeah, I, I, can I can relate to that. In high school, I used to always um, I would I I would always beat the people I was supposed to be. It was the motherfuckers that niggas was like, "Damn, Kevin, this is gonna be a close one." I was just like, "Oh, for real? All right, let's go take." But motherfucking, so yeah, I'd be like that sometimes. It's just like I think that's a mental thing, really. Yeah, but the odds do show you this is a close fight. Uh, Duplessis is the favorite, minus 150. Yeah. Tavares is plus 130. But honestly, those odds are so close, it's almost like a pick em. I'm taking Duplessis, but I'm mad because I was hoping that he'd be an underdog. Tell me he, more about Duplessis. What, Duplessis opened. Right? He opened as an underdog, and then all of a sudden the betters came in and they were back in Duplessis. And uh, Duplessis – He's a kickboxer. I'm trying to think of, like, someone I can compare him to because he's not, like, a gamrot or anybody like that. He doesn't wrestle first. He does lean on his kickboxing uh, abilities. I like kickboxing. And, like, he throws a lot. He has power. He does overwhelm a lot of people. He's uh, He mixes in the takedowns nice. And what I like about him is on his 16 wins is 16 finishes. And, like, that's – we talked about that with Rachmanov. Like, you don't see a lot of fighters – all their wins come from them finishing people. And I want to say he had like eight submissions and like seven knockouts. So he's mixing it in real well on both sides. of the- Intimidating. <laughs> yeah. So that's Duplessis. He kind of has like a good, I think he has a good future ahead of him. I don't think he's ever going to be a world beater, but he is going to be a solid fighter in this division for a while. Whereas Tavares, he's more of a, he's like a Swiss army knife. He's not bad at anything. But if you're really good at something, you're gonna overwhelm him in that. Hey man, Duplessis all the way, man. Yeah, man. After man, I after I heard that kickboxing shit finishes. Come on, Duplessis. Yeah, I'm off with the boy from South Africa. Give us. I think we're all riding Duplessis. Oh, he's from South Africa. Yeah, but he he's one of the white South Africa. Like he's he's oh, South Africa. He's from the other side of South yeah. Africa. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna say my dog. You know how I mess with you know how I mess with them Africans, Cambo. Hey, hey, all my Nigerians stand up. <laughs> this is y'all day to this is y'all day to day. I know and, a white uh, South Africa. I know a couple too. Actually, I know like two or three. My church has a sister church in South Africa. <coughs> no, I'm lying. Yeah, in um Burkina Faso, which might be in South Africa, which is close. Uh, Let's see. Then we got our. This is another prelim fight. I think you. This is the one that like you got to. You have to watch. You got Ian Gary versus Gabe Green. Ian Gary. A lot of people consider him Conor McGregor 2.0 because he models. Big, his, 
shoes, man. He models his game after Conor McGregor. He won Cage Warriors welterweight belt before coming to the UFC, just like uh, Conor McGregor won the lightweight, the, the featherweight belt in Cage Warriors. He had over 300 boxing fights. He's been boxing since the age of 10. He's uh, he saw Conor McGregor was champion, and he uh, had like he started working on his ground game. So then he went out and got a black belt in judo, so he can be just like Conor. And uh, that boy really has like he wants. To, he's Irish. He he literally is like he. That's his idol. He's not as good on the mic as him. He does have his own personality. He's very like good on the mic in his own right. But Ian Gary is his nickname is the future. For the reason, um, for for a good reason, and Gabe Green can't say this enough. This is his like Gabe Green is another solid prospect. He like he came in short term notice, got a fucking KO. Then he fights Lionessi on the last fight. He gets sent to Lionessi hits him with a right hand down the middle that sends him to the shadow round, and people think he's out. He fucking somehow survives, gets off the ground, gets back to his feet, fights through it, and then knocks the boy out in the second round. And like people, like he shows that he has the will, he has a chin, he has heavy ass hands, and he throws a lot of volume. So this is gonna be a great fight between, like, if Ian Gary is this legitimate top ten prospect that people, because people comparing him to Rock, this is the same division, Rachmanov and um, Shemaev. So those are the other two super prospects in this division that just came out this past year, put on a show. Is Ian Gary going to do the same? Because he has that same hype on his name. Bro, that division is so fucking deep. God, man, that shit sounds deep as hell. What the? The way just gets every time you every time we bring up the welterweight division, it just sounds like it got deeper. Like, I don't know how, but it just began deeper. I'd be like, damn, am I sure lightweight is? Am I sure I want to stand my more lightweight? My light and um, what's one thirty-five? Phantom. And my light and bantam weight, or do I just want to admit that like the best fighters in the world that low key might be all might all weigh one seventy? Maybe I should go up to one seventy myself. <laughs> Challenge them. Uh, <laughs> but nah, man, I'm not gonna lie. We covered Ian Gary before, and I I I got to no home, no no regular, no need for no pause. But I got that Ian Gary fever. I don't think he's like a Conor McGregor type. I hope he doesn't um I hope he doesn't um like feel like you gotta match Conor or whatever. Cause like I feel like Conor was just the one of a kind. Like every time you say it, every time you bring compare Conor to everybody else in the world, motherfucking these boys is dangerous. So like I fuck with um I fuck with um Ian, I fuck with Ian Gary and I think I got the press conference going in my ear and like Sean Strickland and Izzy a snapper right now. I had to take them out of my ear. <laughs> I was like, God damn, bro. You really put a slap the shit out of nigga? Like, that's the next fight. But um, back to Ian Gary though. I just like how he can brawl. I think he's dangerous. And like, bro, it's cold. I want to see him continue growing. But I just think that division is probably not the best to go to because like it sounds like they got some kings and warriors just that just keep coming through there that you're just not going to be able to do nothing with. But he's cold, man. Yeah, and to put the perspective, his last two fights, he was like minus 400 favorite. Against Gabe Green, he is minus 175. And Gabe Green's plus 150. So the odds are very close to like show that this is going to be a real test. This isn't just like another fill-in fight to get the brand. 
Gary. Bro. Gary all day. Fuck that. After you just gassed him up, said he's been boxing since he was a kid. Seeing McGregor fight, that's crazy, bro. I hope he I hope he puts on does McGregor co-sign for him? I think McGregor coach because he comes from Ireland. So and you know, there's not many fighters from Ireland. Like they're comparing Patty to McGregor, and Patty's from Liverpool. And like and that does that's not even the same country, it's just in the same general vicinity. So it's just like there's not many fighters in that area. So I think Connor supports him because Connor was always big on his boy Artem Lobov, who was like another like European fighter. Like Connor supports his Euros. Right. His Euros. I respect it. Unless like he's that. fighting them. I like I hope puts on a little show, man. That's crazy. The two prospects, though. I like how we refer to Connor by his first name. Like, there's just certain people that you just call their first name. Oh, especially on an MMA boxing podcast. If you don't know the name Connor by itself, that's on you. Because there ain't there hasn't been many great Connors. <laughs> and, but can we take a second, though? To dip, Paul, did you watch this press conference? I have not. I know that no. it got a little heated. I know that bro, there's been I'm, some moments. Bro, I'm 23 minutes in. I was playing it in my ear the entire time. And if you've noticed... There are points in times where I just get really quiet and I keep looking this way because Max Holloway came in with all the smoke immediately. He said, he said, niggas is talking three and no, but you don't even got three highlights. And you know, Valky, Valky is the coolest person ever. Nicest guy, in the, nicest guy in the UFC. Maybe in, maybe in the whole Oceania, Oceania in your region. I'll find out myself. But motherfucking, he's just in there like, whoa, Max came to play today. Okay. And then next thing you know, I see motherfucking... And this nigga Max later talking about some, man, he's just talking that shit. And then Volky's like, okay, man, don't, don't worry about it. That's, that's the bit of Saturday night. We're going to see Saturday night. Max is just coming out and just hot, hot, hot. You just, don't worry, don't worry, two and no, I'll turn you to three and no, man, fuck. Like, these motherfuckers is beefing. Motherfucker, Sean Strickland just tried the whole crowd. He just, he's literally pointing motherfuckers out. He's like, bro, I live a simple life. I want I can't go outside because look at that fat motherfucker in the hat. I'd catch a murder charge if I seen him, bro. I'm, I'm like, telling you, Sean Strickland is a fucking dog. Bro, motherfucking huh? Jared Cannonier came in a fucking um came in a fucking do-rag. Motherfucking definitely mother- gonna have to peep this press conference now. This shit is I'm 23 minutes in and Izzy and Sean Strickland are beefing right now. I tell you, like, Sean Strickland didn't want to be there. He was talking about Disney and the higher entities are forcing me to go so I can cancel myself or what I say. I'm like to- bring it both. That's why like that boy went crazy pointing out fat people in the crowd. I mean, I think I know why Max Holloway brought that energy because literally, like two days ago, Volkanovski said in an inter- not interview, but like a little question at the UFC pre pre things and like shit like that. And uh, he said because they're talking about oh, Max Holloway has Max Holloway has a striking uh, records. He has the most strength landed significant strikes and most landed strikes of all time. Uh, how's it feel to be going up against such a great striker? And then he was like, when they talk, and Volkanovski said it, I quote, when they talk about him having the most significant strikes thrown, I think he has broken the record for the most absorbed. People got to remember that shit. That's like the worst. That's not a record you want. But he said, he says, motherfucking, he matches like, I fucking, I fucking hand out damage. I, I'm the person that absorbs damage and hands out damage. I'm a person that absorbs damage. He doesn't give damage. What do you think is going to fucking happen? That's what he said. 
So, yeah, like, I can see why Holloway, because Holloway hasn't said much coming into it and, like, at all about Volkanovski. So, then I was shocked because they always give each other class and respect. So, when Volkanovski said that little snippet, I was like, that's a little different Volkanovski than what I'm used to seeing. He wouldn't even take this 10-second time to even, like, take a little shot like that. Now, and look, Izzy caught the, Izzy caught the fucking vibe, bro. Jared Kennedy was talking. You know Jared Kennedy. He's, um, I think it's going to be, um, what makes you think you can be Izzy? Um, well, first off, he goes, um, what was the first part of your question? Um, oh, what makes you think you can be Izzy? Self-belief. Um, I just think that it's dumb, retarded, stupid. Um, I'm only expecting to excel, blah, blah, blah. And then Izzy goes, bro, next time just keep it short. And then he's, Jared Kennedy is trying to keep it. Jared Kennedy is trying to pretend like he doesn't. And I'm done. And I don't listen to the bullshit. I just continue to fight. I continue to train. He goes, all right. Like, bro, I'm like, God, yeah, Izzy came with the smoke, too. <laughs> him and Sean Strickland are going back and forth right now. Nick Sean Strickland's like, who the fuck would want him as a champion? Izzy, do something about it. And I haven't heard nobody get called a bitch yet, but it's coming. It's coming. No, that's a good, I haven't seen an actual personal press conference in a minute. It has been it's yeah, Jorge Montalban and Kobe Covington. That was the last personal press conference. And everybody's, everybody's out here. It's like just like the old ones, but everybody, mm-hmm. everybody, this shit is lit. I can't. I'm, I had to pause it because I wouldn't be able to pay attention. Shit. Well, we kind of just hit on a little bit. Stay tuned because the Sean Strickland fight and the Izzy fight is coming out real soon. And the Volkanovski Holloway. So let's breeze through these last couple prelim fights. Make this actually like kind of you know the blowout block of the UFC. We got Donald Cowboy Cerrone, fill-in fighter. Versus Jim Miller at 155. This might be Cowboys retirement fight. So it should be. It should be. It should be. And uh let's see. Uh if you don't know Cowboys resume, let me tell you real quick. I broke yeah. it down a couple times. <laughs> I was gonna say it's like a third time, maybe four. God damn. He has, and I think this is actually the first time Marcus is here for a cowboy fight. So, Cerrone, most post-fight bonuses in UFC history with 18, tied most wins in UFC with 23, and the funny thing is, he's tied with the person he's fighting with 23 wins, so whoever wins here will have the most wins in UFC history with 24. Second most finishes in UFC history with 16, third most fights in UFC history with 37, and most knockdowns in UFC he is also 0-5 in his last five. My and, dog. Uh, the, Connor was on the on the way of that. But I will say Jim Miller is on a three-fight win streak. This will be his 40th fight in UFC. I think he has the most fights in UFC. He started back yeah. in 2008. God. Damn. So, yeah, Cowboy is like the, the OG, and then Jim Miller is the OG's OG. Oh, geez. Oh, geez. That's crazy. What the fuck? And many, they fought one fights? time before in 2014, and Cowboy got the TKO second round victory, and it was the headline fight. These boys have seen multiple How headline fights in their career. pay-per-views did they have in 2008? Okay. How y'all okay. feeling about this fight? Is anyone... Go is at 155. Cowboy has fought at 170 and 155 in his career. Jim Miller has fought at 155 his whole career. I'm going Cowboy. You, you're riding the Cowboys. Is it just because that's your boy? 
or no, nah, I think I think he's he's serious this time, man. Boy, been trying to fight for a minute now. That's true. This is his third attempt in like five months. Yeah, so maybe he he's been training hard. He I think he's gonna come out with a good performance, and maybe who knows, might be his last dub, especially if he gets the win. Come out, get the record two twenty four. You beat the guy with the other, you know, you tied with. That'd be a pretty cool way to end it. I would. But too bad I think Jim Miller's going to get this dub. And it's for the same exact reason why I picked uh, Joe Lozon against Cowboy. When Cowboy fought in his prime at 155, he had a hard time to make the weight. Damn. So now that he's older trying to make 155, it's not – that don't get any easier. He made, one, he made 155 two weeks ago, and now he has to cut weight again to get back to one. That's not going to be good on his body at 40 years old. Oh, Even no. Jim Miller has won the last two fights that he's had. Cowboy Cerrone hasn't fought since like 2019. I think that's all the stars are lining up. Like this is Jim Miller's weight class. He actually looked decent. He's not hasn't looked good. He looked decent in his last two fights to get wins. Whereas Cowboy, I haven't seen him in two years, and this isn't his weight. Like he's 40 years old, having to cut weight within two weeks of each other. That don't sound good to me. Jim Miller started the UFC in 2008. Paul, we have a Friday night fight. Paul and Marcus. We have a Friday night fight club show because every week they have a fucking event. In 2008, they only had 13 pay-per-views. Oh, I believe it, bro. I think Brock Lesnar was on the cards back then, too. That's fucking insane to imagine just being there pretty tight. It's the 16th year of the UFC's history back in 2008. But to be there, to watch it grow into what it's done and just be a part of it and just continue to, like, that's like he's like Vince Carter to me, bro. You done pretty much like lived, fought in four different generations, kid. Like Dana White had hair crazy. when he started. That's crazy. Like I'm, I'm rooting for Jim Miller. I want to see him make history right now. I want. He bet is he a surefire Hall of Famer? Let me know. I think he's just because when you have those accolades, he's kind of like those. Uh, I think Vince Carter is a good, re, a good representation because, like in his prime, he was probably a top ten fighter, top eight fighter in that division, never a championship contender. But he has so many accolades where he might only have like four or five All Star appearances out of a twenty five year career. But I got, just since you have all those records, you're gonna go. I got a question. All right, so you saying with all the records, can it, can they make it to the USC Hall of Fame with no belt? I think so. Also, you also got to think Tony the, UFC, the UFC had yeah, Tony Ferguson, uh, but the UFC has also only really been around since 2000. It doesn't have the rich history of like 80 year Hall of Fame where you have people of decades in the 70s and stuff. It's like if you did something in 2005, like look at like Tito Ortiz, if you really look back at his record, he doesn't have to like he has great wins in his prime, but he had a lot of losses after his prime. But no one holds that against him. No, it's just it's just like we haven't been around for long. Like, we can't really compare resumes like we do. Like, literally, we think Habib's the GOAT. We think GSP's the GOAT. We think these people are the GOAT. And they literally retired, like, less than five years ago. GSP, bro. I watched one of those documentaries. Anderson Silva. Like, these people all retired in the last, like, seven years. So, it's, like, McGregor. It's such a new Hall of Fame. Whereas, like, as long as you did something to move the sport, as long as you was a big name during the sport, I think they, I think Jim Miller has like eight to nine pay per views on his name alone. So, like, yeah, he's going Hall of Fame. I like it. I like. I'm rocking with Jimmy May. Jimmy, 
fuck Jimmy. Our Cowboy. last fight of the prelims. I hit on this fight a little earlier. I said this might be a low key fight of the night. Brad Riddell versus Jalen Turner. And this is Jalen Turner's first ranked opponent in lightweight. Brad Riddell's ranked 14th. And Jalen Turner has been destroying all the competition up to this point. So it's like finally we get to see him against somebody who's actually somebody. Brad Riddell, great striker, especially on the inside. Former Muay Thai coach. He's 4-1 and one in the UFC. His one loss is to Rafael Fasiv, and who is fucking a dog. He's like people uh, think. Yeah, Fasiv think he – a lot of people think he might be a future champion. Like he is a fucking dog. And uh, so that's his one loss. So I'm okay with that one loss. And then Jalen Turner on the other side, like I said, he's, we haven't seen him fight anybody for real. But he's like six three or six four in a lightweight division, where everyone else is like like Jay like a Brad Riddell's five seven, to put into perspective. And this guy's six three, like he is so long for this division, so big and tall, like he's like he's almost I would compare him to like a Fandora of boxing, like he's just what is that? Uh, lightweight. Yeah, what's lightweight? Because I, I like get Dustin Poirier. Um, I get confused because UFC they call it different names than like what lightweight the is one fifty five and he's so that's didn't the dudes that just made invented the last one weren't they lightweights? Yes, and they were like five eleven, five ten, and they were both considered pretty big size for the division. He's six three, he's six three at one fifty five. Brad Riddell's five seven to to show Damn, the difference the, in height. So we got Jalen Turner, who I think he's kind of like Izzy, kind of similar, where he likes to fight from the outside because he has this crazy reach advantage on people and he has the long, he can't, like he's so tall. Whereas Jalen Turner, if you know anything about Muay Thai and if you're good at Muay Thai and you're good, you can get inside. You know the dis, you know the angles, you know how to fucking take a punch to get inside and give your own punch. So this stylistically, I think, makes a great fight. Like Jalen Turner gets his first real test in this lightweight division, and and uh, I think it's gonna be a lot of stand up because they're both decent wrestlers, but they both only use wrestling when they have to. And I think it's gonna be like a pride type fight, like a who's the better striker standing type shit. That's crazy. It's gonna be a sleeper now that you put it like that. They got like similar styles. That shit gonna be lit. Yeah, four and like I said, Brad Riddell's four and one in the UFC. So like, and that one loss is to perceive, and he's a dog. So like, Jalen Turner's another prospect who's basically walked through the competition. So we now I get to see him against a real and like you said, Kev, lightweight is so deep. Jalen Turner, the fucking what they, they uh, his nickname is the Triantula. The eight arms because he's so fast and so long, it feels like you find somebody with eight arms. So, like, that, nice. boy, that boy's like that. Boy, that might have just sold me right there because I was kind of torn on this one. I was like, dang, I wish I watched some film on these boys. But yeah, I think I might have to take because I like the outside fight. You know, it's long reach, motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? We like the outside. You feel me? So, like, I'm going to keep, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rock with Turner on this one. I'm going to give my pick. I think I'm going to go with Riddell just because I think he – I think Turner, he's only fought people he knows he could beat. And maybe he's looking at Riddell like, oh, you're 5'7". You're just another small fighter that I've seen. I'm just going to beat you from the outside. 
And then I Riddell's Muay Thai, especially like he wasn't just a fighter, like he was a trainer. He was somebody you hired as a UFC fighter to teach you Muay Thai. So like that's how good of a Muay Thai fighter he is. And like I think he's gonna be able to get on the inside, make this fight dirty and a lot closer. I don't, like maybe he loses, but I think this fight's gonna be really close. And it, like the decision is gonna go to Riddell off of just like the cleaner shots and stuff. No, nah, I'm looking forward to it, man. This is gonna be a good one. What about what you, you got, Mark? Mark, who you got? Uh, Last bro. prelim fight. You don't miss uh, it, man. Riddell, man. Cause ah, oh, yeah, man. That's that boy play football. Riddell. Nah, man. That boy tied shit, bro. I fucking love that shit. He's a fucking coach. I love like I I used to be sleep on Muay Thai back in the day, but every. Ever since we started this, man, I've been watching more of that shit, bro. That is a deadly. And they're they're so- real warriors. Like, I don't think I've ever seen someone quit in Muay Thai. I don't think that's an actual option to quit. So skillful in Muay Thai, bro. To do Muay Thai, you got to be really skilled, man. Like, that shit is different. And the way their stances and, like. The fucking knee up with the, like, your knee and elbow touching. Like, ah. I don't know, man. They be on some shit, bro. I fucking love watching that shit. No cap, bro. But I think it's gonna, it's gonna be a war, and I feel like it's gonna be a tough test, like you said. And maybe he is sleeping on him a little bit. So you know, I'm gonna, rock, I'm gonna rock with the, the coach. And uh, look at like Jay Turner, American. That boy, all American bloodline. Riddell, that boy from New Zealand, just like our main eventer. That boy, the news, the New Zealand flag is Roman high with Volkanovski and Izzy, so I think Riddell is gonna show out just because his countrymen are on the same card. Hey, how do you spell How do you spell what? Muay Thai. M U A Y T H A I. Similar. If that's wrong, autocorrect will correct you. You got. I'm not even mad that I couldn't spell that because that's not even English. But that finished the early end of prelims. This is we've we've never gone that hard in this, so that should let you know how deep of a card this is. So let's talk this. Got a problem with being problematic. Get the light beam on me, ready for electrostatic. Don't you step into this box if you're not batting. Then my gang got tools. You could call them boy crap, man. This gang got rules, man. You better watch your passes. This ain't not new. the medicines. We've been on that rock star regimen, knowing that I'm heaven sent, higher than I ever been. I got a 